0: Hey, brah. How we doing, man? All right. It's been a while, man. Life's so rad. This band's my favorite, man. Don't you love them? Yeah. Aw, uh, man. You want a root beer? All right. Aw, uh, man. This is the best. I'm so glad we're all back together and stuff. And we're joined by Dave Montgomery as well. This is great, man.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey, did you did you know about the party after the show? Yeah oh man it's gonna be the best i'm so stoked (laughs) take it easy brah
2: that's
1: awesome
0: to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who digs those half-Japanese girls. They do it to him every time. Here's my co-host from the left coast, El Scorcho himself. Here's Wayne Fugate.
1: Aloha, Ben. I mean, did I ever tell you that that was my favorite Weezer song? Did I ever tell you that that's my favorite Weezer song? Are you just repeating everything I say, or is that a, no, a I'm, new question? No, I'm
0: actually dead serious. That is my favorite song. That's why I use the, the lyrics in the intro here.
1: Absolutely. That is crazy. It's Kismet. That's my favorite song. That's my favorite laser song. Yeah. All
0: right. Well, also joining us is a return revisitor. You might remember him from the Dad Songs episode or the Killer's Hot Fuss episode. And where he comes from isn't all that great. His automobile is a piece of crap in his fashion sense. It's a little whack, and he doesn't live in Beverly Hills. Trust me on that. Here's my little bro. Here's Dave Montgomery.
2: Hey, thanks a lot for having me again. And and you know, Rochester, Washington is practically Beverly Hills, (laughs) just just like
1: compared to Shelton,
2: just like it. Well, I'll
0: I'll I'll put it this way: does 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 Beverly Hills have a Great Wolf Lodge? No, but we do exactly. So there there you go, mic drop. All right, Uh, premise of our podcast, fairly simple. We talk about music, but as we do at the beginning of each podcast, we ask the all important question. So, Wayne, what t shirt are you wearing?
1: I'm going to tie this together, tie a couple of things together with this choice. Uh, Last time we had Dave on, we discussed the Killer's uh, debut, Hot Fuss, which we had mentioned that it lost the Grammy for Best Rock Album to Green Day's American Idiot. Uh, so I wore my Green Day "American Idiot" shirt, which also is Green Day is referenced in El Scorcho. he asked her to the Green Day concert, and she doesn't know who that is. How cool is that? Yeah, and it's a and try to re, we're trying to get I'm trying to get Dookie released. Uh, yeah,
0: Dookie is is still being <laughs> I'm still holding Dookie hostage. Uh, we finished recording that what in January? Yep. I finished, I finished the editing in March and um, yeah, I just still haven't released it. So, all right, I guess here, let me, let me throw this out to the guest, Dave, should I release the Dookie episode to the general public?
2: Uh, The Dookie episode has to be better than your real life Dookies. So I say yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just, just turn. Just turn a corner.
2: This this is inside information that
1: little yeah. brothers.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, you you
0: you did have to go uh, the bathroom after I uh, I killed it a few times in there, so yeah. it was rough. It was it really... was rough.
2: It prepared me for living on a farm later in life.
0: <laughs> True that. All right, uh, Dave. Uh, what t shirt? <laughs> what t shirt are you wearing?
2: Uh, I am wearing my recently purchased. Pixies shirt, which I got uh, down in Portland just a couple of weeks ago when the Pixies opened for Weezer. Uh, I almost wore the Weezer shirt that I almost bought that night, but I decided on the Pixies since they were a pretty big influence on the creation of the Blue Album and uh, the songs that Rivers was trying to write and uh, production that they were going for uh, at times. So I I figured I'd, I'd give another nod to the Pixies here for this one
0: all right but you do own some weezer t-shirts
2: oh for sure dude (laughs) okay all right all right so uh
0: i am wearing uh, the latest addition to my t-shirt collection uh if you hadn't heard the episode that uh that i did for rocking the suburbs talking about record store day so i i got a free ticket to go see the church i bought a 30th anniversary Shirt of Starfish, so they played uh, Starfish in its entirety. Uh, got a got a new shirt. Uh, sh- big shout out to my new friend Dave, who uh, who gave me the ticket uh, while I was standing in line chatting with a bunch of uh, music aficionados during Record Store Day. So um, gotta love gotta love the free tickets, and uh, so uh, Dave. I know you're uh, you're probably listening now. So I've got we've got a new uh, new podcast fan. So thank you very much for the ticket. Appreciate it. Let's let let's chat about Weezer. This is one of the albums in a long line of albums that we're going to be discussing this year that is celebrating twenty five years. Can anyone believe that the Blue Album is twenty five years
1: old? I don't I don't want to think about it. seems like only yesterday
0: it does seem like only yesterday and and dave you were like you guys are old you were like (laughs) you were like two or something when it first came out right isn't that right uh
2: i i i wish that's what it was i was 14 yeah definitely one of the albums that i grew up listening to was all over the radio i mean heck man i still still listen to seattle alternative radio and you can still hear some of these songs yeah so,
0: so and it's not really even called the blue album that is that's like the nickname it is really the the album is self-titled but because the blue background everybody has called it the blue album and and Dave
1: well you had to they they've they've got like five eponymous titles
0: yeah so I, I was just gonna ask so how how many other colors do that do they have? of these uh, colored albums.
1: Well, there's green, red, black, white, teal. Am I missing one?
2: No, that's all of them.
1: <laughs> that's, all, well that's all the colors well in the crayon box.
2: Practically. I'm waiting for a yellow and a purple.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's going to happen. Uh, I'm, I'm sure just
2: waiting for the
0: Aquamarine album. Ooh, Aquamarine. Knowing Rivers,
2: that's probably going to happen. Yeah,
0: they... that, that was always my favorite color. Of the Crayon Box. All right. Um, So this was released on May 10th of 94, (sighs) produced by the front man of the band that we talked about with Simon from the Wooly Bushmen. That would be the Cars front man, Rick Ocasek. And Rick's Rick's had a good run of of albums that he's produced. Um, I think uh, most of his success came from Late 90s, early 2000s, bands that he's worked for kind of all over the place. Bad Brains, Motion City soundtrack, No Doubt. Uh, he also produced the major label record for one of the bands that we've also discussed a couple times on the podcast. That would be Not a Surf. Uh, he produced High Low for them. And he also produced Do the Collapse, which is a record by Guided by Voices. And that's, uh, of course, associated with Doug Gillard, that who was last week's guest. That's probably my favorite GBV record as well. Um, am I missing any records from Rick that maybe we should maybe we should talk about? I mean, and not counting any of the Cars records that he produced as well. But uh, any other records that he produced, and maybe we should give him a little little love.
1: Um, nothing comes to mind. Like I say, um, I know in the nineties he was. He was all over the place.
2: Yeah, uh, didn't he do Rocksteady by No Doubt or something like that too? Yes, yes, yeah, I, 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 I did briefly
0: mention No Doubt. So, um, and he's I he's done a lot. Sorry, I missed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So this record reached number sixteen on the U.S. Billboard 200. It's gone on to achieve triple platinum status, and. The going back to the the whole Rick Ocasek thing, they thought about self producing this, but they were pressured by Geffen when they got signed to Geffen um, to choose a producer. I don't know how they ultimately decided on Ocasek. Rivers did say that he always admired Rick Ocasek's songwriting and production skills, and I can I can see a little bit of that, uh, a little bit of that that goofiness and and uh willing to kind of merge a couple different genres of of music into into record albums and i think that that's definitely the case for for this record there there is a lot of different things going on on some of this rec- on on some of this record
1: yeah that's a great comparison to the cars because i mean like we were talking about during that that episode the lyrics may seem you know nonsensical almost in like just in a brief listen to on the radio. But when you, if you look at them or even just listen to them, uh, you know, closer, it all, all starts to come together. They're both brilliant songwriters in that way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like you, like you said that, you know, they wanted to self produce it. And a lot of it just had to do with uh, the cost, you know, that a lot of this was going to still come from themselves. Geffen wasn't completely behind their signing at the time. And they knew that if the album, was a bomb and they spent a lot of money on it, then they would be stuck, you know, paying them, paying all that back essentially to, to Geffen. Uh, but Todd Sullivan, who was their AR guy basically said like, no man, here's, here's a list of some people. And so they, they ended up making a tape and sending it to okay kind of as a joke because they didn't think they would get him. you know, him being one of the bigger names that was, that was proposed. And, uh, Okesa gave it a listen, thought they were kind of a bunch of metalheads trying to play poppy or alternative, kind of wondered what they were all about and came and visited them while they were rehearsing one day and said, yeah, let's do this. Very fortunate for all of us Weezer fans that uh, that all came together.
0: Yeah, and, and it's interesting that uh, the, the, the story of Cuomo giving... You know, a tape of of their music to Ocasic really mirrors a lot of Not a Surf's story as well. Cause I think Matthew Cause he didn't think that he was ever gonna get Ocasic to produce that uh, high low record. And there's a there's a really good story, a really long story of of Matthew and how he got him a tape and and was kind of like a joke. Like he was like, There's no way Rick Ocasic is going to produce us and Ocasic heard it, liked it, and it was like yeah, I'll I'll produce you guys, and I think that that <clears throat> one of the one of the things that that is has been a knock on Not a Surf back back when they first broke onto the the scene was that everybody was thinking, okay, well, sick produced Weezer, he's also producing Not a Surf. There's probably some comparisons there, and and there isn't. You know, popular pop popular does have a little bit of that uh, Weezer esque uh, vibe to it. But if you listen to the rest of that album, it is not. I mean it's it they're they're not in at least for, for me, being the fan that I am of Not a Surf, I don't I don't feel like they're they're in that same uh, same wheelhouse. So we talked about that this is a debut record. So I, I've thrown this out a couple different times on episodes, Wayne, about uh, the Rolling Stone list of one hundred best debut <laughs> albums of all time. I am going to do it again. We've talked about the ridiculousness of of that debut list. They put it down as number thirty five. Keep keep in mind that a couple episodes ago we did the episode on Pearl Jam's Ten and uh rolling stone had that record at f- number 46 right
1: lost all credibility at yeah that point.
0: yeah yeah i mean let, let let's be honest look this is a this is a good record um i'm not going to disparage it at all because i d- i do like it probably not nearly as much as as my brother does because <laughs> he's a weezer he's a weezer nerd. Thank you. The the fact that uh, Ro- that uh, <laughs> that Pearl Jam was at forty six and this is at number thirty five. I mean, obviously, I, I I don't hold a lot of uh, credence at, on that list anymore.
2: So, hey, I was a fan of both bands. I'll agree. With Pearl Jam should be higher uh, than this. Um, but for for me personally, I think both of the albums should be higher up the one hundred list. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, I think they both should be higher.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, any
0: other background info before we jump into the, 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 the songs themselves?
1: Um, only that this, in 1994, this was uh, a breath of fresh air. Like, I mean, everything was, I mean, the height of the Seattle sound was going on, and you had the other bands that were kind of piggybacking on that sound, and everything was kind of gloomy and and uh you know sad disappointing and, and these guys came in and uh they didn't sound like anything that was going on i know green day had just recently come out but that really hadn't changed that whole thing yet so uh but coupled with green day these these guys came in and and changed the, the kind of the sound what was being what was out there kind of turned it around a little bit turned it on its head green day i don't know who that is
2: right <laughs> <laughs> Um, how cool is that?
1: How cool is that?
2: Uh yeah, just before we we get into this too, it's it, it's funny that you mentioned that Wayne because when Rivers started writing all of these songs, um you know, he'd been in a bunch of other bands before and he and Pat the drummer decided to do this 50 song project and they actually never ended up getting to 50, but um a lot of the songs ended up on their demos and and eventually on the blue album and rivers was definitely looking at the pixies and when he heard smells like teen spirit for the first time he said to one of his friends like i should have been the one to write that you know he's he was he was definitely looking at the pixies and nirvana as you know as these guideposts i guess and you do see that with some of the earlier demos that never made the blue album. Uh, but in the end, I, I think they realized they kind of found their sound with, uh, you know, the driving guitars, uh, to, you know, still the, the, the quiet, loud, quiet thing that the Pixies do and, and having some, some kind of cheeky lyrics in there too. Uh, so I'm, I, while those old demos are fun to listen to and they're still really killer songs, um, I'm kind of glad that they ended up going with the sound that they did with the blue. Album. Yeah. Uh, do,
0: do most of those demos reside on the deluxe edition of the blue album? A couple album?
2: of them do. Um, I believe Lullaby for Wayne is on there, um, which is probably Wayne's favorite song. Okay. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> puts me to sleep uh uh paper face is on there um there's another one called let's sew our pants together that's you could probably find it on youtube um but yeah they they wrote a lot of great songs at that time and and some of them ended up being b-sides and some of them didn't see the light of day for a long time with the exception of the the really hardcore weezer fans that were trading mp3s back and forth uh and uh you know now they've made it onto the deluxe version at least several of them did i
0: wouldn't know because the deluxe version is not on spotify i noticed that
2: that is weird
0: yeah that's pinkerton is on there you know and pinker pinkerton's deluxe is on there but the blue album is not so so i i had to uh i had to youtube a few of these b-sides because i wanted to kind of familiarize myself with with those and um gosh I hate YouTube
2: (laughs) I I I, heck even looking up for this I I didn't want to try to find wherever the heck my old mp3s are and old discs that I had and so I was like I'll just look on YouTube and I noticed even some of them were blocked um so that's yeah but uh some of the I mean as far as the deluxe stuff um the the actual recordings I saw some of them were blocked at least but uh uh, if you want to look up the demos, they are they are all over YouTube, and they're great. They're they're a fun listen to, you know, kind of see the progression of the songs from where they started in the garage and where they are now.
0: Well, I just told you I hated YouTube. <laughs> well, good luck with that, bro. <laughs> so, all right, let's let's jump into it. So here is the first song. This is My Name Is Jonas. What I read the song is inspired by Cuomo's brother who was having insurance problems after a car crash. And I'm, and I'm like, I'm still trying to figure out how this all comes together. Uh, yeah. So where did you find this information? (laughs) You know, you know, the, 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 the beauty, the beauty of the interwebs. Yeah. Uh, so somebody said, you know, my name is Jonas, I'm carrying the wheel, which is like, uh, you, you could take it a couple different ways, carrying the steering wheel, or, um, because he's having a car crash or had a car crash, he's carrying the the wheel. And I'm just like, okay, as soon as I started reading this, I'm like, I'm going to be dumber reading the rest of this. So I'm moving on. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, so I guess my question is what or who is a Weeple?
1: <laughs> and I always thought it said, I thought he said Wakefield. I Me didn't, but I, I was reading the Me lyrics because I, I, and that would have made more sense because Weeple doesn't even, that's not even a real word, but that's one of those things about, this is what I was talking about is like, when you look, when you listen to this song, it sounds kind of nonsensical. Um, but when you really listen to it uh, and I will say I did, this was inspired by song meanings. But it is about growing up. It's about being a kid and remembering being, when you're a kid. You want to be grown up, and then when you're grown up, you realize that this is not what I. This is not what I signed up for. And you want you know to go back to that simpler time when you're a kid. Uh, and once I looked at it in that perspective, I this is brilliant. But he should have used Wakefield instead of Waypeel. Yeah, that makes a little
0: more sense. But really, uh-huh. Wakefield makes more sense than Weeple. Like. Yeah.
2: It's, like, it's it's a, it's a, it's a person's
1: name. It's not even a word. Wakefield's an actual name. Like a, that sounds like like the yeah. name of a English butler or something. I mean, it's a grown-up name.
2: I went to high school with a guy named Wakefield. I almost forget his What's first name because everybody My called name him is Wakefield. Tim
0: Wakefield. I throw yeah uh, knuckleballs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, knuckleballs. Knuckleballs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right. Any anything else you guys have to say? Because, again, I, I read through the lyrics and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm sure there's a deeper meaning here. And I have no idea how any of the lyrics leading up to the workers are going home means anything. But anyone?
1: Uh, you're Yeah. Well, the, like the, the line about uh, the box of toys and the batteries are all uh, dead, but yet they still make noise. Uh, that's remembering because in his, he can still remember playing with those toys. Yeah. It's all in there. You just have to look harder. But then, and then all that stuff at the end is like, that's grown up stuff. You're like, you're managing big projects and you got unions and people get hurt. The workers are going home. The building's not going to get built.
0: Yeah. It's all in there. Obviously I did not pay enough time in researching this because I was, I was, spending most of my time this week editing and lining up all of our guests for May. So
1: <laughs> there you go. Well, that's why you got me the, the color gal- guy. He's color probably
2: guy. re-listening to the Dookie episode too.
1: No,
0: I, <laughs> I haven't <laughs> listened. That's locked nope, away. I haven't, I haven't listened to that since March.
2: <laughs> um, so, all right. I'll, I'll throw in a little nugget here. And of course, this could definitely be Weezer being Weezer or Carl, the unofficial fifth member being Carl. But according to Weezerpedia. Uh, is
0: that really a thing?
2: Jonas uses. Oh, yes. Oh, my oh yes. God. It's awesome. <laughs> but anyways, Weeple is the name of River's childhood sled. Oh. Like Rosebud. Rosebud. <sighs> I was just
1: going to text Citizen oh. K.
2: Yeah. I don't know how much yeah. I believe that, but there it is on Weezerpedia.
0: Now I want to change my score a little. <laughs> and it would and it would just line up with you you two turkeys. Uh, both of you throughout the week, when you provided me your scoring, <laughs> both of you changed your scoring multiple times. So I, I only changed I, it I, once. I
1: guess twice is multiple, but
2: I only changed it once. Okay, well,
1: I only changed my scoring on this once, but I changed my scoring on two other songs <laughs> once. Also, I, I will give you multiple times. That's fair. But uh, this, what this is, this is all from finding that you know, he, you know, having somebody say something about the deeper meaning of this, and then going back and looking at it and listening to it, and then I, I just had, I had, I had to push it up.
0: Okay. Well, let's get some scores before you change your 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 minds again. <laughs> on the scoring. So, uh,
1: I could just say something that you don't have. It could just, now that
0: I know about the sweat now
1: I'm, I'm, I'm switching it
0: now. Yeah. All right. I got
1: a six. I gave it a six. All right. This is a, this is a really solid song. Top, top part of the album. Yeah.
2: Dave, uh, I ended up giving it a nine. Uh, I just, I love it as a opener. Um, I, 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 love the acoustic intro, uh, there, which is kind of something that went away. Uh, with Weezer, uh, it should be, I, I think we should note here that on My Name is Jonas, the the one writing credit that Jason Cropper gets for the band is in this song. And uh, before he left the band, his job was to play acoustic guitar. Um, so he played acoustic, Rivers played electric. And you don't, you know, obviously you don't see that really at all now with, with Weezer. Uh, but there's a couple times throughout the album where you'll hear Um, some acoustic or something that could have been played as acoustic. Um, But anyways, I I just, I love the acoustic intro and then how it just kind of just gets right into you. Super catchy, super hooky. Uh, You know you're going to have a good time listening to this album within the first 30 seconds. So that's why I gave it a nine.
0: And Cropper really only provided just that acoustic piece, which is why he's got the writing credits, right?
2: uh yeah uh, and another interesting thing to note that when well we might as well mention it here with my name is jonas again is that you know cropper traveled to new york to produce you know to make this album with weezer he was the fourth member and uh, reportedly apparently that's all you know buried in legal documents now but Apparently, his behavior became a little erratic, and reportedly his girlfriend was pregnant uh, back in L.A., so they asked him to leave the band. And while some reports say that Rivers re-recorded all of Cropper's guitar parts in one day, the Weezer camp say that's not true, but uh, apparently Rivers re-recorded almost all of the guitar parts himself. Um, So you you hear Brian Bell's voice a few times, but pretty much all the guitars are are done by Rivers.
0: And and you know why that uh that comment about re recording it all happening in one day, you know where that, that came from, right? Do tell. Came from Ocasic.
2: No kidding. Huh.
0: Yeah, yeah. Ocas Ocasic is the one who said that.
2: Oh. I I actually did not know that. Yeah. That is new info to me. Yeah. All
0: right. Uh I didn't I didn't say my score. So uh I'm giving this a five. So Dave, you said nine, Wayne six, me, five, so All right, let's move on. Here is the second song. This is No One Else. And I'm gonna let somebody else take the lead on on this song. Go for it.
1: Uh, this is one of the I mean of this record. This is one of the songs I did. I wasn't as super familiar with. I mean, this one didn't get on the radio or anything. Um, but it's this could have been a, an opening song too. This one has a has a real a real good you know pop rock uh, vibe going on. But the thing, the thing that that it's got some super creepy, possessive uh, lyrics, which uh, I like, but ultimately <laughs> they're just weird. They're a little bit creepy, but this is a great song. I love this song.
2: Yeah, no, I I, I agree that the lyrics could be could be taken as as creepy, but I um, I don't know uh, if if you know Rivers, there's moments where you're like, whoa, that dude's really creepy. Uh, but I I think a lot of the, the lyrics for him probably just came from it's like you know I I want a girl who's going to be my entire world and he probably would feel the same way about her so um, I don't know Rivers is a is a tricky person to figure out um, but yeah nowadays we could say lyrics you're a little you're a little creepy here
1: yeah you can't laugh at anybody else's jokes I mean come on now yeah <laughs> I'm gonna break up with you because you laughed at somebody else's jokes
2: it's, it's a bit much it's a bit jealous.
0: Well, uh, the reason why I asked you guys to take the lead so I'm just gonna throw this out. this is my least favorite song on the record. Um, didn't do a whole lot for me. It's okay. I mean I'm not gonna fast forward it but yeah, I don't I don't really particularly care all that much for the lyrics and uh, I think just the, the the music musicality of it itself is just kind of eh, it's middle middle of the road for me. so so yeah, this is my least favorite song on the on the record. So let's get everybody else's scores. Dave.
2: <laughs> sorry. I gave it a four. I had a, had a look for it again. I, I gave you my, my uh, numbers in descending order rather than in uh, track order. So sorry,
3: <laughs>
1: Wayne, I gave it a five. Uh, it's, I like, I like the song. I mean, I don't have a, I'm not, ai mean, creepy lyrics don't bother me. I just thought I just wanted to make the point, <laughs> but this, I mean, uh, of the first, like, this album is definitely the first seven songs are, I in my opinion, were very strong and um, also each of them kind of a I would say a Weezer sound, but they all have some variety to them. Whereas at the the end of the album, it sounds like they rehash some stuff that they already did.
0: Okay.
2: Hey, actually. Since I am that guy, that changed his, uh, his scoring around. I, I am that guy, and I forgot that I did that. Uh, so I actually rated this one a three. I, I really struggled with rating this album because I love all ten songs. It's a fantastic album beginning to end. So, uh, yeah, I was the last-minute change from uh, a four to a three. So, my bad. I was I was gonna
0: say I'm looking at my spreadsheet. I'm like, did he change it again on me?
2: <laughs> I was gonna make you do math during the podcast, bro.
0: Yeah, that's that's why I asked for everybody's scores in advance so that I don't have to do math. Uh, I think what hard. would be
1: great is one time when we have a guest and you have all the scores. I'm just gonna completely change my scores that day,
0: and, and I and I will reach <laughs> and I will reach through this microphone and I will strangle you. uh all right here's the third song this is the world is turned and left me here And I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this, uh, just a little bit of an extra nod in my score just because I, I like the title. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: I think it's very Weezer-esque, is it not?
1: Oh, it's, it's even longer than that. (laughs) It's, it's right up there with, gosh, I, I've drawn a blank, but, uh. What are some of those great songs? One of my one of my favorite ones from the 90s was uh uh broken, what was it? Broken payphone.
2: Ah. Oh, standing outside know, of broken yeah. payphone yeah. with money in my hand or something. Money like
1: in that. my Maybe. hand, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's some, the always one that like comes that. to my mind. Right. When I yeah, when I think of long a long t- song title, I always think of that one. Clearly, not right. often enough, but that is the no, one
2: Right. Exactly. elderly woman behind the counter in a small town that that's and that's an, that's, an, <laughs> that's, 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 that's that's the second one that that's I think the best. that's another <laughs> yeah. great title um to me to me the title sounds like this should be a song on pinkerton for sure though
0: but, uh, oh yeah 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 I could I could totally yeah. see this on pinkerton
2: yeah definitely
0: yeah um i the song is great towards the end uh i think that that's really what what saves it cuz I, I i feel like the first couple Absolutely. minutes are... i won't say they're mundane but they're they are very um repetitive and i think as you get towards the end of the song with the harmonies and the differing parts i really think some of this is you know matt sharp's contributions to the to the record and of course the next record i think there's a lot of matt on there uh i think pinkerton is great because of matt and you know he would depart after that next record and dave i know you're a big matt sharp nerd uh, in fact, yes, uh, To yeah, it, 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 and case in point, when we log into Zencaster to record, it gives people an opportunity to say what their name is. And what did you put as your name today? Uh, I am Matt Sharp's ghost. Yeah. So 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 tell me about Matt Sharp and his contribution to the first two Weezer records.
2: Man, uh, you know, that's even a tough one to say, too, because, you know, really, The driving force and the, the, uh, you know, pretty much all the writing cred with a few exceptions here and there go to Rivers uh, for sure. And I I think we give a lot of the cred to Matt and some of his influence does come actually still back to Rivers when he decided that he wanted to do uh, more harmonies with the vocals and he actually got the band to do barbershop quartet lessons which oh. is crazy, but you, you hear that on one of the B sides, you know, my, uh, my Evelyn, Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you hear Matt Sharp, like he, Oh, during that time, he, he never had sung falsetto before. And, and that was something that he worked on when they did those barbershop, uh, lessons. And so you hear that, you know, throughout this album, you hear it throughout Pinkerton and I don't know. I'm Matt's, Matt's a quirky guy to, you know, I mean, well, heck, all the guys in Weezer are pretty quirky. But, you know, he he definitely puts his flavor onto things. And, you know, I, I think Mikey Welsh and Scott Schreiner were are awesome, uh, awesome bassists in their own right. But you can definitely tell that there was something different in those first two albums. And, of course, you can always just look back, well, what's the difference? It's Matt Sharp. And I mean, even when they were doing press during these early days, Rivers was the quiet one. You know, he would give some introspective answers and be really quiet. And Matt's the goofy guy, you know, out front. So, to me, that's that—that that was Matt's contributions to to Blue and Pinkerton.
0: Yeah, and if you're not familiar with uh, Matt, so the Rentals—that's one of his projects. So Friends of P that got a little little. uh little radio play back in the 90s as well um, Dave 95. yeah Dave I, I'm gonna say that was the first cover that you ever did that was recorded was your acoustic cover of friends of P
2: yeah I I had this little tiny recorder and I was in my dorm room and I just uh, I just hit record man so I don't know one day I'm gonna have to throw that back out into the universe and put it on my band's band camp or something yeah like but, i i um, still have it on the old hard drive here right on yeah, yeah and and actually when sometimes when i think about that song i i do think of you because we were coming back from one of the mariners playoff games in 95 and the song came on the radio and i was just like oh the song is awesome have you heard it and you're like no <laughs> you know there's no way you were hearing this on alternative radio in utah so um so it was getting some love at the at kndd in seattle and and i remember driving back to Tonino. i think in the plymouth reliant probably oh
3: <laughs> and
2: uh and listening i know what a crap car, what but, a crap uh, car. yeah I, I remember listening to this to that song with you yeah. so um yeah matt's matt's in you know Mass contributions are are very fun and and adds a little more uh, spirit and liveliness. And, and I, and circling back to this song, um, I agree with you too, bro, that, you know, the, the song, the song is not a bad song, but I, I think if sometimes you could listen to it being like, ah it's a little uninspiring. And then you get to the end. Yeah. You get to the end and, and that refrain where everybody starts you know these backing vocals and rivers and on top, and then all of a sudden they just blare at the end. All of them. Do you believe what I say now? That saves this song for me. Um, to me, that I mean, that's almost the difference between this song being included and being a B side. Right.
0: So sorry, Wayne, I took Dave down a uh, Matt Sharp rabbit hole. So I know you're being off, <laughs> off, awfully, Hi, Wayne. awfully quiet over there. <laughs> so 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 tell me tell me about this song.
1: I you know what first of all it's it's different than anything else on the album I th- I think and uh, which I, I enjoyed that part of it but also I mean in well, the title
0: besides only in dreams
1: oh I didn't compare I mean that that's not a fair comparison uh, we'll we'll get there but I love the well I mean just in the title you basically have me against the world and uh the the this is a great example of disappointment you know uh i thought the lyrics were clever i thought it was understated uh and in, in the beginning on purpose um to get you to mm-hmm. that big to that big ending um but as and this was one that uh i just and i love the line uh uh <laughs> the, the, the the void behind my face. I just thought I had, it's full of some great, some great lyrics. And this is one that, that I, the minute I heard it, I just, it just skyrocketed up towards the top.
0: You are so stinking predictable. Like I, I listened to, I li- I listened to this. I listened to this for the first time in forever. And this song comes on and I'm like, Wayne is going to rate this song really high. And you were so predictable when I got my score, because I'm like, and I'm like, I totally called this. So, uh, w- w- why don't you tell everyone what your score is?
1: Eight.
3: Wow.
0: Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. I'm like, I'm a me me against the world song. Yeah, Wayne is going to rate that very high.
1: Guilty. Guilty so, as charged.
0: Yep. Yep. All right. So uh, I get, I'm get, i giving this a four. And then Dave?
2: Um, I gave it a two. Um, but I almost feel like I, I have to say that unlike the last time I was on and, and rated The Killer's Hot Fuss, you know, and I was kind of like, yeah, there's three songs that are way down at the bottom. And then the rest of these songs are just awesome. Um, I feel like all 10 are fantastic and I guess something has to be two. So this is my two.
0: Well, it wouldn't be an episode without somebody saying this was really hard. <laughs> Fair. So we get, we get it. We get it. It's not, it's not a perfect,
1: it's not it's a, a, perfect a relative system. system. I think it is perfect. It's all, but it's a, it's relative. This it's like, I, I, uh, Dave, I know exactly how you, you feel. We did Armed Forces, and I referred to everything as my. This would have, in in your case, this would have been your ninth favorite song. Right. That's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's move on. So this is a song everyone knows. Here's Buddy Holly. second single by the band. This was released in September of 94. Hit number two on the US alternative songs chart, number 18 on the US radio songs. But how much can we attribute the popularity of this song to the just fantastic video?
1: Yeah, a lot. The the video is classic. Um, But I think Spike Jones had to be inspired by it because this this song does have uh, kind of that late 50s, early 60s Uh, vibe to it in there somewhere. Um, Not only with, with the title, but there's some elements of that, of that type of music from then. And then like I say, he knocked it out of the park with the video.
0: I was just going to say, I agree with you, but I'd rather just go. Yep. 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 (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, uh, yeah, the, 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 the video is so good. Um, And, and if, and if people are listening to this and have not seen the video, what rock have you been hiding under? Of course, this is a, a spoof of Happy Days. It also has um, Big Al from from Arnold on the uh, making a cameo uh, for this. Just one of the best videos uh, of all time, in in my in my opinion. So uh, the B side is a song called Jamie that's an okay song probably doesn't belong on the record so probably a good thing that it was a b-side because I don't think that it would have fit on here even if they would have maybe made this record 11 songs I still don't think
2: Jamie fits uh, at all. no it, it Does- in fact they they intended on recording 11 and well I mean they they tracked a few others but uh, it ended up being 11 and then they cut one. Because yeah. they weren't quite happy with it. So I'm sure that song will get brought up later on. But um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I absolutely love the song, Jamie. Absolutely love it. Uh, but it doesn't quite belong on the record. It's it's a great B-side.
0: Nah. I, I like the fact that this also is a little bit of a snapshot of the 90s, especially with... The first couple lines. What's with these homies dissing my girl? Why do they got a front? <laughs> yeah. I, mean,
1: I just, yeah, the sound of him. I mean, I that's obviously not. I wouldn't say gangster rap. Maybe more like young MC or something. Maybe some tone loke, But uh, just the look. Rivers Cuomo sang those lines. Is just. I mean, right there. It's just classic. It's just. It's legendary.
0: Does anybody still use homies or dissing or <laughs> front? <laughs> Yeah, I uh, mean,
2: wh- ho- and, homie, sometimes, <laughs> but usually I say it in a cringy way.
0: Oh yeah, 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 and and we still say front here, but it's more, it's more of a, it's more of a joking, because there's a Saturday Night Live sketch from back in the day where it's like, um, well, I don't front, and then somebody agrees with them. Oh, she don't front, and so we we <laughs> we, we we do say that sometimes around here just to get my kids as goat. Because they, they love the Saturday Night Live references. Great, great song. I don't I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, other than this is a song that I have probably heard. Good gosh, how, how many hundreds of times have we probably heard this song and we're still cool
2: with it?
1: Yeah, a couple hundred times. This is class. This is uh, this is a, a classic.
2: You know, another little tidbit is that this was a song that was not originally on the list by Rivers. Um, this is something that he had written a little later on and you can hear a slower the slower like original demo version on the uh alone home recordings of rivers cuomo uh cd the first one that he did and it's much slower tempoed it's kind of like when you listen to it it's like it's all there you know it's all there but it's What's with these homies and my girl? You know, it's just much slower. And, and if they left the song as is, it wouldn't be what it is now. Uh, but Rick Okasik had heard the demo, you know, just pressured Rivers on and on and on to make it a song that would appear on the album. They finally recorded it. Um, they sped it up just a little bit more from the original recording that they did with Ocasic. And that's what we have. Uh, That's, I mean, it literally went from not being anything that Rivers would have questioned to being what could arguably arguably be their biggest hit.
0: Uh, Does the demo version include what they originally put in there for Buddy Holly and Mary Tyler Moore?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, I know that uh, he had played around with different lyrics because it was originally Ginger, Ginger Rogers Ginger Rogers and Fred, yeah. Astaire. And Fred Astaire Yeah yeah and uh you know and and in the course of writing it I know Rivers had mentioned too that this was the first time that he'd really mentioned the guys in Weezer but mentioned them and them having uh you know, a little trouble between all of them because they really were dissing his girl. They were making fun of his girlfriend for whatever reason. And so uh, when he's talking, you know, what's with these homies, he's literally talking about the guys in Weezer.
0: Oh, um, okay.
2: Yeah, but, uh, you know, uh, the lyrics stayed. And um, clearly we all know that Rivers is a gangsta and uh, the song's a hit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Working with Timberland.
2: <laughs> well, that that's... No, just just <laughs> easy. Yeah,
1: because <laughs> no, Timberland makes,
2: actually
0: make yeah. Timberland makes all the hits.
1: That's right.
2: All right, let's get some. I'll 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 stay with Little Wayne. That's fine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right, let's get some scores here, Dave. What's uh What's your score for Buddy Holly?
2: Now, I gotta. I should have printed this out. Uh, where am I at? Seven. I gave it a seven. <laughs> just pulled, just about pulled, pulled a netta right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it
1: was close. It was close. I've been holding my breath. I thought when he, he he partially did on the, on the, on uh, no one else, but I'm gonna give him a pass. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, Wayne, what's your score?
1: I gave it a nine. This is, this is possibly their signature song. Um, and once again, this was so much different than anything that was being played on the radio at the time, uh, and it really, it really stood out then, and it, it still holds up today. Yep.
0: All right. So I'm giving this a six, just because there's a couple other songs that I really like more than this, but uh, still a great song. All right. Moving on. Here is Undone, the sweater song. This was their first single, reached number six on the Alternative Songs chart, number 57 on the Hot 100. Was this a good choice for the first single? So this was released as a single in June of 94, right about the time that the uh, the, the record came out. Um, so what do you guys think? Good choice?
1: I, you know what? i I was thinking about this. Earlier, and I don't. I believe I heard Buddy Holly first. I'm. All right. I here's what I would say. I'm sure I heard Undone first, but it just kind of went under the radar until after I heard Buddy Holly. I think Buddy Holly would have been would have been my choice for first single. I think.
2: I think in 1994, I actually, heck, 93, 94, 95, maybe even 96. This is your first single. I don't think it's the first single nowadays. Not not by a long shot. But I I, I kind of have a hunch that they were. They were appealing to college radio, so it had to be something a little quirkier. They were trying to just get their name out there. I mean, Weezer, I think, you know, the plan for them, at least in their heads, was that they were going to put out a record. They were going to try to get their name out there, build a little bit of a following, play a bunch of club shows all around the U.S., tour in a van, and then their second album would be the album that, you know, starts to take them to more popularity um so i I think that's why this was chosen um but yeah it ended up being a a big hit in its own right uh it jumped from college radio to to you know the big time (laughs) when uh marco collins and 107.7 the end here in seattle he started playing it and uh kind of just took off from there
0: so in in weezer lore what what is the what is the importance of some of the the dialogue that's going back and forth in a couple different spots Carl is Carl is what is he kind of like the Weezer historian or something at, uh is that what I kind of read longtime friend of the band
2: yeah longtime friend of the band he's just always been around and I you know he's served as as roadie he's been the guy who's in charge of their website at times I don't know if he still is now um, but yeah Weezer or, or excuse me Carl Cook is the unofficial fifth member of, of Weezer and his role on on the original version of the song that uh, you know that was sent off to the record label was he had? I think it was something like fifteen total samples, or maybe it was fifteen in each channel. It was supposed to be like in the in one channel, like on the right side, it was supposed to be uh, more positive samples, and on the left side, it was supposed to be more negative samples, and they and then they'd be you know blended together. And basically, the record company it was like, "How many samples do you want us to clear on a debut album?" Right. Not happening. Right. Not happening. So. ended up nixing that version and and carl was was pretty upset but he realized you know it makes sense uh why it's being cut so uh everybody was back in la at the time and they ended up pulling out i think just the four track i think it was matt sharp's four track and uh so carl is the yeah yeah you know that he's he's that voice so that the negative is still there with carl and then Matt Sharp is the guy. hey, brah, you know, at the very beginning, talking about the, the party after the show and then going into the- life's So rad. <laughs> I love that. part. Life's so rad. See you later, bra. Um And oh, gosh, I'm going to get it wrong. It's it's either either Michael or Carly. Uh, it's it's Michael. Is it Michael? Um, so yeah. Michael and Carly were. Uh, Michael and Carly Allen were the head of their, their fan club um, until they passed away, unfortunately, with their sister in a, in a car accident as they were driving from one Weezer show to another. And uh, anyways, Michael ends up being the other voice that you hear going into uh, the, the second verse. And, and just real quick, uh, there is a song called Michael and Carly uh, that is a B-side yep. as well. Uh, which is a really fun song, and and that was the eleventh song that ended up uh, getting cut. It just didn't quite turn out the way that they were hoping for. They later on finished it up as a B side.
0: All right, Wayne, we've we've been monopolizing the uh, the conversation on no. Undone. What 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 you got on here?
1: I this is I think it's one of the best songs of the '90s. I think it's got a it's a it's got a unique uh, like lyrical delivery. Um, it's got the best guitar solo on the record and I love, I just, but I I think what I love most about it is the whole concept of the song lyrically that really she's not doing anything. He's hand. he's, he's telling her, you know, hold this thread as I walk away, he's doing all the damage himself and and he's letting her know how to hurt him. Uh, I just, I can say to me, this is, it's, it's brilliant songwriting and it's uh it's it's got a unique it's structurally it's 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 just unique and I and I, I think it's ultimately one of the best songs of the '90s.
2: Agreed. And also has one of the best lines with "Hate to see you lying there in your Superman skibbies.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one to pull off. It's a tough one to fit in there.
2: No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's get some scores. So Wayne,
1: I gave it a ten. Like I'm not a huge fan of the spoken word beginning or that weird piano outro, but they the whole thing just in general just fits, and it's it's a it's one of the it's a, it's the best song to me on this album.
2: Dave, uh, I also gave it a six, which uh, if the rest of the family is listening, they might be surprised because this would be a song that sometimes when when uh, our nieces and nephew were were visiting the farm, I'd pull out my guitar and I'd start singing on this song because they thought it was. You know, it's it's such a ridiculous song, so it was something that we could all sing along with and have a good time. So, despite that, despite the awesome memories, uh, to put it in context with the record, I also I I gave it a six. Yeah,
0: I'm giving this a ten as well. Um, I I love the song, and I do have some sentimental uh, reasons of why I picked that. So this was this was one of the songs that my old band did as well, and yeah, I got to do the Matt Sharp voices so that, was my, that, that, that was my favorite hey brah how we doing man ah oh, it's been a while man <laughs> life's so rat. I mean I just I, it, even to this day I just I remember all of those parts and just having a good time with it so alright let's move on here is uh, Surf Wax America see it's booming like a
3: bottle. I don't like the face. I'll man up because I hate the race. I rise up on it, not in the maze. I'm gonna seven, I'm gonna seven. You take your car to work. I'll take my board and when you line up new I'll stand up for
0: Um So yeah, this is this is one song when I listen to I can't get it out of my head for the rest of the day. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah i hear Uh, that amen yeah um dave dave give us give us a little background you do you know anything as far as what this really is about because it it's again going with the nonsensical lyrics um but maybe there is some deeper meaning there
2: man i i don't i don't know if they're There is a ton of, of deeper meaning here. I, I think what I, I love about it is, is again, if you know Rivers Cuomo, he's, uh, he's, he's really not into, to, to drinking or, and I mean, at this time too, his, you know, one of his legs was two inches shorter than the other one. So I don't think Rivers Cuomo was exactly going surfing every day either. Uh, and so I, I think he just, he just wrote a fun song. Um, I think that's just all it comes down to is, you know, let's, I'm going to write a party song and this is what it is. And it's going to be about surfing. It's going to be eat, drink, and be merry. And,
0: uh, yeah. And and how much of it is like, uh, making fun of probably his friends who are, who are doing the, the nine to five type of stuff. And, and he's probably sleeping in until 11 noon because you know that's that's the life of a musician. Um, I don't know. I I kind of get the feeling that uh, he's he's kind of making fun a little bit, but may, maybe I'm wrong.
1: Well, I had heard the I heard someone say that it was about alcoholism, and I don't I didn't buy that. I do think that I mean, somewhat to what each of you are saying is it's about that the surf the surfer lifestyle is obviously one that's notorious with you know carefree, you know not not part you know not in the rat race, Um, you know, you just, you're out there surfing and enjoying life. And then, but if you, but it's funny is there's a line in there about the undertow where just doesn't matter whether you're in the rat race or whether you're in the surfer life or a rock star, you're going to (laughs) die.
0: Well, thank you for that uplifting message, Wayne.
1: Uh, That's not me. That's Rivers Cuomo. That's right (laughs) in there. He won't be going home. Which
0: I'm really surprised now that I know that that's how you feel about this song, that it didn't rate quite as high as it could have.
1: Oh, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm deep in the rat race. I can't, I, I already know.
0: Oh, oh yeah. 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 All right. Uh, Dave, any, any parting comments before we get some scores?
2: Oh, I, I, I think in this song, you hear, you know, the two things that I brought up earlier, the, the Pixies, loud, quiet, loud, with that middle part, you hear the work that they were doing uh, with their vocal lessons. Um, you know, you, you hear that organ. Oh man, I just I love it when everything drops out and you just hear that organ, and then you hear Matt Sharp's falsetto of "You take your car to work, I'll take my board," and then Brian and Rivers yeah. jump in there as well. And uh, Man, I I I absolutely love this song. All right, let's uh, let's get some scores in. So, what what are you giving it? Uh, I believe I gave it an eight. Yes,
0: I did. Okay, <laughs> double check. I'm notes. giving it a seven, and Wayne,
1: I gave it a four. Ultimately, there's just too many other songs I like, but this is, like I say, good song.
0: So here is the third single from the record. This
3: is "Say It Ain't So."
0: What I found was interesting was if the release dates that you find out on Wikipedia are correct, they didn't release this as a single until July 95. That was over a year since the first single and like nine months after Buddy Holly was released. And it didn't chart as well. It hit number 51 on the Billboard Hot 100, number seven on the Modern Rock Tracks chart. It, it, am I missing something as to why they waited forever to release this as a third single? I got nothing. Yeah. Were they feeling like there was too much exposure still with Buddy Holly because of, you know, the video and how popular that song was? I have no idea
2: that that very well could be. I mean, um, I, I, I know that rivers also was feeling after the Buddy Holly video that, you know, he was, he was happy at first to, you know, to now have this success, but then he definitely said to himself, is it because my song is really good or is it because the video is really good? And so I, I know they, they at least dragged their feet on wanting to make another video. And that's why the video is so much different than than the spike jones one i mean it was a conscious effort like spike jones was in right. the undone did the undone video and buddy Holly, but they didn't ask him back for this one so i that would be my conjecture
0: yeah not to go back to green day but i'm going to uh the the video feels like long view does it not kind of has that long view a little bit yeah appeal. i could see that I can see that too. Dang it! I, I, yeah. um, too much Green Day. Like I'm, I'm feeling like I have to release that that episode now. Yeah.
1: It's, it's just let it out. Just, just let it be free. I
2: Told you, man. He's my brother. I know for a fact he likes to let those dookies be free. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, you two, you're both have an inner Beavis that just cannot be, cannot be stifled. It
0: cannot be. Nope.
1: Poop humor. That's, this that's is true. It's the best.
0: Yeah. Times. <laughs>
2: just real quick with the with the video too this video was uh filmed in the garage so the garage that's mentioned in the album that that is actually where this was filmed so this was filmed in the house that they uh had lived in for quite a while so kind kind of a cool homage from to where it all got started you guys i'm
0: assuming have read the lyrics so there is there's definitely some um yeah. There's definitely some uh, talk uh, about dear daddy and the stepfather, and uh, a little bit of that alcoholism going on that, that we referenced earlier in the episode.
1: A little bit, yeah, little,
0: <laughs> just just a wee bit.
1: <laughs> just, just, I mean, the opening line is somebody's hiney, right? Cl- uh, Pack, uh, what is it?
0: Crowding my eye, clogging my eye spots. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> got too many Heinekens in here. We got to start getting rid of them. Yeah,
2: you you could probably say that this is the the most personal song on the album. Um, when he says "wrestle with Jimmy," uh, that's that's his brother. Um, now the their legal his legal name growing up was Leaves because uh, he was supposed to be born in fall. But uh, when the family put them into public school, they they chose. You know, regular names. So Rivers changed his name to Peter and uh, and leaves changed his name to Jimmy or James. And uh, so that's a reference to his brother right there. Uh, Apparently, when his uh, biological dad um, divorced his mom, apparently he took to drinking. And so when he came home one day in high school and saw that there was a bottle of alcohol in the fridge that belonged to his stepdad, you know, that brought back all those well, brought back all those ancient feelings. Um, so, yeah, this is a very, very personal song for for the And you song
0: wouldn't really kind of know it because I feel like the, the the tone of it is it's kind of upbeat and quirky. But yeah, definitely, there's definitely mm-hmm. that uh, personal stuff lost within that quirkiness.
1: Another thing that a thing that I got from this song too is if you kind of separate not so much the lyrics and their content. But his, his, because a lot like Rick Ocasic, Rivers Cuomo has a unique voice. It's not, it's not your, you know, Rod Stewart kind of, it's a, it's, he sings with a lot of passion. He's, you know, he sings with a, a lot of, you know, he puts a lot of effort into it, but he's got a unique, like, like Rick O'Kasich has a unique sound, a unique voice. But if you take that out and listen to just the music, um, I think it could have been probably one of the best stone temple pilot songs ever written. It'd have to have been about heroin, but (laughs) I'd
0: I'd love to hear Rod Stewart cover this
1: or Scott Weiland.
0: Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but he's dead
1: (laughs) from heroin. Exactly.
0: Heroin. All right. Let's get some scores on this. Uh, Wayne.
1: I gave it a seven. I I really like this. One of my favorites.
2: Uh, Dave. Like you, bro with, uh, Sweater song, sentimental value for me. Um, My band is, I think this might be the song we've covered most. Maybe, maybe not. Um, I'm actually not the best guitarist in the world, as my bandmates would attest to. But uh, uh, with the exception of once or twice, every time we've played the song, I've played the guitar solo. So I've been pretty proud of that. So um, aside from the personal part for me, this song is rock solid this is one of the anthems of the 90s for me uh i gave it a 10. okay
0: and i give it a nine all right let's move on this is in the garage
3: i write these stupid words and i love every
0: up who kitty pride was x-men i I was just gonna ask uh any comic book nerds know who that is because i i had to look it up
1: i i didn't look it up but i knew when he referenced nightcrawler that that i had that i knew i knew that i had heard that name before
0: and and just because i know everybody scores wayne i i know what your score is on this did you did you score the slower because you don't have a sense of humor
1: no, I just you know what it's <laughs> it sounds a lot. These last three songs they just don't finish strong. I it feels like the first seven have kind of their own at least uh, some unique elements to them, and there's it's, there are a, a lot of variety. Whereas these last three songs sounded like rehashes of songs that had been already played on this record. I, I the nerd rock thing they went a little bit over the top with Dungeons and Dragons and X Men, and I'm I am surprised that that Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons didn't put a cease and desist because they weren't mentioned in, uh, in the kiss reference.
0: Right. It's, it's the two guys that are no longer in the band.
1: They're the two coolest guys who've ever been in the band. Right, but yeah. Exactly. I,
0: and and maybe I like nerd rock.
1: Um, I, I, this whole thing is nerd rock. I lo- they, they, I believe put the wheels on that whole thing. Yeah. Let's yeah, be real.
0: Cause uh, so, so I alluded to your low score. Um, I, I give this an 8. This is one of my favorite songs. I it's goofy. It's repetitive. I don't know why it's one of those songs that when I hear it it just puts a smile on my face. Like I said, it's it's completely goofy and and I and I completely see where you're going with why you gave it a lower score which you know, I'm not I'm never going to be embarrassed by the the scores that I give, but um yeah, I can I can see why you would you would give it a lower score. So Dave, how about you? So I, I'm giving it an eight. Wayne gives it a two. You're you're mid mid of the middle uh between those two numbers.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm out of five. Um, again, it's an it's an awesome song, but I I guess I'm gonna start stealing Wayne's phrases here. And this is my sixth favorite song on the album.
1: There you go. <laughs> Got to make it make it palatable. Make it work for you.
2: Yeah, I'm thinking positive here, boys. And and.
0: David, you you even mentioned in one of your neon state songs about Dun- dungeons and dragons because one of your songs dungeons is called... and dragons
2: it's it's the opening track, <laughs> yeah, and it's totally nerd um, rock, right? Oh, totally, yeah. And you know, my my students now when they find out that you know, it's like, wait, you played in a band. And then they find that it's on YouTube and iTunes. You know, this is this is the first song that pops up, usually, because it's right. the first track. And and then, of course, they have to ask me about it. And it's like, well, I actually wrote it more about my friends, but sure, I'll, I'll own it. I mean, we all know I'm a nerd. Um, I got it from my older brother, so it's fine. Guilty! <laughs>
0: uh, all right, let's move on. Here is Holiday. Who wants to get us started on holiday?
2: (laughs) Uh,
1: Wayne. You know what? This was, once again, they're rehashing. This has a lot of a Buddy Holly sound to it. I thought the bridge was unnecessary. I know they're making Kerouac references and that's, that always makes me think of uh, this is just a big drug trip. He's a, he's on, he's, he's tripping.
2: I I agree with you actually on, on, on that last part for sure. Um, I, I mean, as, as somebody who tries to write songs, I, I I dig the breakdown. I really, really dig that breakdown. And um, I know the band refers to it as a, a Beach Boys breakdown, um, as they sometimes do in their songs. And yeah, I just I really dig that. It's it, again, it's another kind of Pixies ish sort of thing, too, of the the loud, quiet, loud thing. Yeah. Um, I, I do understand Wayne where you're saying it's it's kind of a rehash maybe but uh, I think it's a solid solid breakdown solid song um, you know I, I think it gets maybe lost a, a little bit in the record um, but I I I this was actually one of the songs that I, I switched my rankings on just because as I, I texted you bench um, I, I said holiday is just bigger and grander you know there's some some killer guitar parts in there the breakdown is fun all right
0: let's get some scores wayne uh three
2: and i also gave it a three and dave i initially gave it a three and i ended up giving it a four
0: okay all right let's uh let's finish this off this is the song only in dreams Dave, I texted you earlier this yeah. week telling you that I'm conflicted about this song. I like it, but it's over 7 minutes long. Tone of it doesn't really match the rest of the record, but I think it still has a little bit of sense of humor to it. I mean like the lines "I'll I'll crush your pretty toenails into a thousand pieces, for instance. Yeah. I think that 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 that's a that's a goofy enough Rivers line to it. Um and like I said, it it doesn't uh, it doesn't really match the, the, the tone of the rest of the record. But I, I like it. And it's and it's one of those songs where um yeah, we you know, we we've been subjected to a bunch of this, you know, you know, to to your your point, been subjected to a bunch of this nerd rock type of sensibility and now you're now you're gonna kind of uh show what your musical chops are. We're, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go a little proggy on you uh, we're gonna go a little fish on you I don't yeah I don't know it's uh um I, I really like it but maybe my my score and your scores aren't going to completely reflect that just because I think it is so different from the rest of the record
1: no I think uh, this song just it's you know it's when it starts out I, I kind of I mean and I wouldn't say that I dislike this song but when it starts out I I go, how did I give this song a one? And then pretty soon it becomes apparent. His delivery, his lyric de- lyrical delivery is something off about it. And it's missing all the fuzzy guitars. I mean, what what's a Weezer song without fuzzy guitars? You're killing me.
0: Yeah, yeah but on on that same token, I, I know that like, like, for instance, with last week's episode where we talked about The Pretenders, You know, you were you were like on a couple of the songs, uh, you were like, where's where's the attitude, Chrissy? I want the attitude. And I think she was kind of showing her range. She can give you attitude, but then she can also slow it down and kind of give you something more of a. A lullaby, and and I'm and I'm kind of feeling that way with this song too, especially even with just the name of the song. I mean, it's only in dreams, and it, you know, kind of has that dreamy, dreamlike type of uh, of you know, atmospheric sound to it that I think Weezer was trying to show that you know we're we're not just about you know the goofiness of Buddy Holly and Sweater Song. We can we can do this too.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I feel like they ran right. out of
1: gas. <laughs> I, it's the way that it, it, it you know what? Dance with who brought you. What, bring me back some fuzzy guitars and, and let's put some effort back into this, Rivers.
2: <laughs> well, I, I do enjoy songs, you know, on a record that can show what, what a band can do artistically and that they're not just, you know, one dimensional. And so, you know, you see them Broaden out a little bit here with this longer song. Um, I, I think the lyrics are, are are clever at times. I just I love the line, you know, she's in the air and in between molecules of oxygen and carbon yeah. dioxide. Like you just you can't avoid her. Um, I I love that. I I love the baseline and and you know some people might attribute that to to Matt Sharp again, but it was actually written by by Rivers. Um, I never really thought about it until years later. Uh, but the, the line doesn't resolve. It doesn't go back to the tonic note until the very last note of the entire song. And so there's that, you know, I, I, I guess maybe a little bit of tension or uneasiness, just a little bit in the background of the song. And, uh, I, I love the crescendo. I love the, the big guitar solo at the end. I, I I mean, people forget how good of a guitar player Rivers Cuomo actually is. Uh, he's he's a stellar guitar player. I mean, he moved out to LA with his heavy metal band that he played guitar in. He didn't even sing; he played guitar, you know. And and uh, it's it's a great song. And to answer you know your text again when you sent that to me the other day, bro, that you know, I'm not sure if it fits, and I just said, hey, it's a nice ending song. It it fits nowhere else on this record, but it is a nice ending song, and I think it's just a really nice way to put a bow on the blue
0: album. Yeah. All right. Let's uh let's do this. So, um, let's go with two for me for scores. Wayne, think I already know what yours is.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This got a one. Yeah. My well, least
0: favorite. Based off of your uh, conversation, you also get a one finger.
2: All right, uh, Dave, Dave, what's your score? So despite me uh, being a big proponent of this song, uh, I will go ahead and say it is my 10th favorite song. There. there you go. There you go. It's
1: All that defense, and you gave it the same score as me.
2: I, you know, and...
1: I thought it was going yeah, to be know, like a which, is,
2: which is which is amazing. I know this is my favorite super, song
1: on this record.
2: Right. It's it's. <sighs> I know it's super ironic. I mean, and like I said at the very beginning of all this, like this is this is one of my favorite albums of all time, and and every single song on this record, I absolutely love. But I love them all for for different reasons, and I. I agree with both of you guys that it's, you know, this is a little bit of an outlier of a song, but it's still a solid song.
0: Yeah, okay. All right, let's uh let's wrap up our score. So any ideas of what our number 1 song was? No, we're all over the place, man. I don't know. Undone. Uh you are correct. Um but huh? what else? It's a it's a two Oh, tie. It's a Ooh, two-way tie. tie. Uh say it ain't <sighs> uh, so. Yeah, say it ain't so. So, uh, both, okay. both of those got a 8.66 score. Our third favorite song was Buddy Holiday with a 7.33. And because, um, Wayne kept on changing his score for My Name is Jonas, um, we've got, uh, we've got, we've got final ranking for My Name is Jonas at four and Surf Wax America at five. Uh, originally, um, Yeah. So originally we've, we had, uh, we had those tied for fourth. So solid, solid top five. Definitely. Absolutely. All right. Um, so, so Dave, I got to throw out one other question for you that we didn't, uh, we didn't, we didn't, (laughs) we didn't, we didn't throw out at the beginning. Wayne's, Wayne's laughing. (laughs) So, uh, so we've been asking, I know where we're going with this. Yeah. We, we've been asking all of our guests, so Toto's Africa, good or bad song?
2: It's a fantastic song, Wayne. It's ridiculous. It's horrible. <laughs> it makes no sense why it should be good, but damn it, it is a good song. <laughs> End of story. All right. And, and also, the Weezer cover is fantastic, too. So,
1: I, I think I actually prefer... Fat- I probably prefer that to the original, <laughs> but...
2: That's
0: weird. <laughs> Right. All right. So it's, it's been a pleasure revisiting with you guys. Um, anything else we want to talk on, uh, talk about Weezer?
2: No, man. Uh, no. I'm just I got to thank you again for having me on. And I expect a phone call from you in two years when we, Oh, do absolutely. Are you kidding me? <laughs> absolutely. There will be a phone call. So,
0: all right, let's wrap this up. Thanks for listening. Please go support the arts, go to a live show, buy a t-shirt of the band, buy a record, visit a record store and not just on record store day and we are records we and we are
2: out, out. all right Did i hear like a piano or something there at the Yeah. End? what was that was were you sl-
0: slamming your uh well it wasn't me Yeah, it wasn't me i mean i i could you guys ready we could we could do the out here we go and we are
3: out. <laughs> I don't know what that's that my is. ukulele. I don't know why it happened. <laughs> <laughs>